Welcome to Eagle Nation. Don't forget to join us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter so you never miss an episode. The Eagles didn't win, but they bought plenty of effort but fell short by 38 points. They won the tackles, the clearances and the contested possession counts. They were also able to match the Tigers and kick six goals from the midfield but they're unable to generate the score from inside the arcs. You can't deny the effort, but it seems when we play away, we struggle. I welcome Dan. How are you going? Yeah, a little bit upset. Um, we're now mathematically no chance to make finals, so that's always devastating. Oh, damn. But, yeah, you know, that, we've that, got to move past that now, look to the future, I guess. You that know, bring on 2024. <laughs> I think we've only missed the finals about eight times in our career, so it might be nine. Um, Wayne couldn't be here. Unfortunately, he's back from overseas, but he's a bit ill, so he didn't want to come into the studio. We are in the studio once for a while. We've been doing it by Zoom lately. Uh, before we get into the game, thank Tom at Plus Fitness, Subiaco, Hillary's and Joondalup for jumping on board as a sponsor this year. And go to um, Linktree and you can get our socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter from there, and you can download any of the shows from there. So um, where do we start? Um Richmond, 14-14 to 8 goals, 12. So they won by 38 points. Allen kicked three goals. Williams, Darling, Marrick, Long, Duggan, one. And for Richmond, Pickett, two. Bolton, two. Martin, two. And the rest were ones. Uh, 40,000 people turned up at the ground, um, Dan. So for a team that's only winning one game, that's not too bad. Uh, That's actually amazing. Uh, Kane Corn shouted it out again. This morning on Sen, saying that we, they just must have the best fans, Eagles supporters, because 40,000 when it's um, a bit of a dour season for us, obviously. Um, it's amazing. It's great to see. And I just hope people keep turning up because it's like well, the extra man, don't they? Like, Before we get into it, I just want to, because I don't know, actually I won't. I'll take that back. We'll bring it up when we talk about the players. Let's get into the game where it was one. Look, um, really, it was the last. Three, four minutes in the second quarter and the start of the third quarter, the Richmond piled on five goals without us answering. Um, and that sort of broke the game apart. And they scored 41 points from stoppages. And that's probably been our downfall this year. So if we can tighten up our stoppages and scoring from stoppages, you know, we might be in the game more. But 38 points, don't forget, they kicked two goals really late. So, you know, we've about three, three, four minutes left. It was 26 points. So... The effort was there, as I said, at the top of show, Dan. Well, you've hit the nail on the head there, mate. Um, I think we've beat the line now three weeks in a row, so that's showing improvement. And um, you went through all the stats. We won a lot of the good KPIs, and another one is our ground ball gets. That's something we've been really bad at, you know, contested ball and ground ball gets, especially in our prime. That's not what we um, – but that's not how we performed. We didn't do well in those categories. Um, and now we've improved that. And as you said, it was literally five minutes at the end of the second quarter, five minutes at the beginning of the third that really sunk us. Other than that, like it was quite even. Even the last quarter, you know, we kicked two goals, four. They only kicked four goals, one. So <laughs> technically we even had more scoring shots in the last quarter. We just didn't capitalise. And um, I think inside 50s, it's the first time we've gone inside 50, 50 times this year. Yeah, it was great, 50 to 51, you well, know. So one the difference. So um, that, that's a pleasing thing. The problem probably was there, and this is the point I want to bring up, 
Being at the ground, their field kicking was sublime. It was brilliant yeah. to watch. Um, they 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 play a chaos ball game where they just kick it forward and it's putting the pressure on their teammate to get that ball. But when they are forward and they overlap, their kink, their kicking was pinpoint. And us going into the forward fifty, we sort of bombed it a lot. Yeah, but even just around the ground, like. I'm not saying this is a, wasn't a good effort. Like, as I said, we beat the line once again. And, you know, there was a time we had 100-point losses, so this is a quite acceptable loss if there's such a thing. But we just weren't clean, were we, around the ground? Like, a lot of players had disposal efficiencies in the 50% and, and under, but it was because just the way the game was actually played, you know what I mean? So there was a lot of turnovers. Um, and they like to set up back, you know, they like to get a Voston or someone spare. Um and that paid off, and uh, Daniel Rioli um, had a great game off halfback, you know. So they had these players that weren't really manning up, that they were more offensive weapons in the event. So they were loose, they were guarding space, they were waiting for those long bomb kicks. Um, and we played the same way, just because they were cleaner, yeah, they, were the- they, they, they got their chances more. Where We weren't clean, it allowed the slingshot and rebound. Or even a lot of the times, because you touched on, we won the clearances, but they were very effective. They scored from their clearances. So they would just make it a dead rubber ball, make it a throw up, and then if we won the clearance, we were a bit messy. If they won the clearance, sometimes they were clean and they got it in and got shots on goals. And to me, that was the game. Yeah, look, they, they had... Um it was just good to watch them. Their, their tackling was probably better than us. Our tackling is someone I, I've been harping on for a couple of years ago and too many broken tackles for mine. Um, it's either that we're not tackling the right way or we're just not hard enough at tackling. Uh, 22 marks inside 50 to our 12. We probably, I think at one stage, that was 19 to 3 at one stage. So we, we in our second half, we sort of evened that out. Like I said, all, all the KPIs, I, I think Simo would be happy with the effort, and I think the fans were happy with the effort. It wasn't a big drubbing. The thing they got to do now is take that away because the way they seem to drop the bundle. Yep. And I've noticed that at home we, we seem to be competitive. Um, we only brought two people in. It was uh, Shuey and um, Hearn, and you know they didn't have great SPS. Was it SPS's first game back? Oh, SPS, but I yeah. mean experienced sort of like yeah. players. Um, they didn't have great games, so um, you know the. We had a good lineup in there. It was, you know, it's good that we're getting players back. Let's talk about key players from both sides. You mentioned Daniel Rioli. Well, that was probably his career best in disposal-wise, 31 disposals at 97% efficiency. Um, he had one clanger, and that was a handball, As and he had seven score involvements, and that was because predominantly if you're at the ground, I don't know if you see it on TV, Cripps was left asleep on the half-back line while um, Rioli ran through, got the handball and delivered it into his forward 50. So he was probably best on ground for Richmond. Tim Taranto, didn't really notice him until half-time, after half-time, 27 touches. Jacob Hopper, I didn't even notice him. I didn't even know... I didn't even know he was on the ground. Oh, I don't think Hopper... 25 possessions. Yeah, I don't think Hopper's having the greatest season. Taranto's been a good recruit. Hopper's still a bit younger, so he may, you know, blossom eventually. But, yeah, they gave up top-round picks this season. Two picks. So they don't have this one, yeah. Two or three. Um, And I don't think Hopper... He's living up to that. Taranto definitely is. I think Taranto's taken his game to another level and he was good at GWS. Um, But it was great to see... I think... 
Taranto and Sheed, they kind of broke even because they, you mentioned too, they played a lot on each other. So it was great to see because Taranto's having such a good year. So it was good to see that at least that matchup. It wasn't, a, it wasn't a loss. Like the Jamie Cripps-Rioli one, well, you've got to call that a loss because yeah. Rioli was so attacking and so good. Like um, Shay Bolton, he loves playing in Perth. He had oh, such a good player. I think he had about 30 or 40 family members there from what I got told. Um, but his kicking lets him down. Um, two goals, four. But he took a screamer right in front of me. It was you can yeah. see it happening. Yeah. I'm going, oh, I had my nine-year-old son there, and I go, watch this. Next thing you know, he's up in the air, and it was a great grab. But two goals for, you know, I guess it's the opportunist. He's a small forward. He's trying to make something of nothing. But some of the things he makes a lot, he makes it a lot harder than it is, yeah. and he tries to make it look yeah, you know, more special. Just I, I, I hate these screw kicks that some of these players do. Yeah. It, it, it drives me nuts. Oh, yeah, you've, you know it always I mean? has. You've mentioned it. But Charbon, um, what Richmond supporters have told me is he's not a good set shot on goal. So when he plays on instincts and it's like a live ball, he gets a lot of his goals that way, like snap or, you know, yeah. breaking speed. When it's actually a set shot on goal, he's not very reliable, they say. And I haven't got the stats for that myself. That's just what Richmond supporters have actually told me, that, you know, they're not having a go at the guy because they know he's a star. But, yeah, that's his default. So when you see he's got a lot of behinds, it's probably because he's took those marks inside 50. So he's not playing on instinct then. He's got to go back, settle, take the shot, and he um, sadly doesn't do that very often. Um, but it was funny, and this is what happened to us last year as well, our last game early in the season. was It was those small, medium-sized mids slash forwards that did the damage and they did that again like no player had more than two goals but it was quite spread out for them I think Dusty had two Bolton had two you know um, Prestia I think got another goal too or something um, so it was those types of players that got their goals again and that's exactly what happened was the first first time we played them over at the MCG well you just said Dustin Martin 23 disposals two goals two points um you know, it was probably an ordinary game for him, for yeah. his standards. Um, I, I liked Hoffy going on to him at one stage. Hoffy went on to him for a little while. Tell you, he's coming very good, Hoffy. I thought he was one of the shining lights. Um, but I want to – and we, we've been going back and forth offline and all that. Noah Bolter for um, Richmond was probably one – from what I got told – they regarded him as one of his best games. And he had six intercept marks on Oscar Allen. Oscar Allen had four disposals, three goals. So how did you see that battle, man? Because some people say Oscar's in the best players for the Eagles. Some people say how can he be? I gave him a vote because he's the highest goal scorer on the ground. And let me spin you this this story, okay? You've got this player, Noel Bolton, for the first half. He's all over him. He can't even touch the ball. He tries to do something special, goes up, lands awkwardly. The fans are shocked. The fans are like, what's going on? Oscar Allen, your great power forward, is whole cradling his arm. Has he broken his arm? Is this the last we're going to see of him? Is he going to miss the preseason either? How bad is this injury? But no, like a true captain would, captain material right there, he gets, obviously he got jabbed in the arm, but he comes out in pain. And do you know what he does? He kicks three goals in the bloody second half to be the leading goal scorer of the, the game. To me, that gets a vote. But it's a very interesting question because can two players that play on each other actually be some of the best for your team? 
Because three goals, as I said, no one kicked more than two apart from Oscar Allen. And that's with limited opportunity and that's against good things. So, yeah, he did get one vote from me because it was a very close game. Like, But then does Bolter get votes for Richmond? Because he would. I had him, Rioli, and probably uh, Soldo, the Ruckman, that's his name. I reckon they might have been their top three. Soldo was strong and aggressive, which is pretty good for the second Ruck. Um, so, yeah, I did have him top three, in my opinion. But let's be honest, it was um, – Cali, to me, was a standard we'll talk about a bit later. And then you could raffle two and three. I had Darling, actually, my second even. Well, have a look at the coaches' votes, and that might answer some of the questions. I haven't got it here, but Bolter they're out. Up. But um, we'll have a look in the break. Um, I, I was different. I, I thought Noel Bolter probably just edge out winning – because he had – to me, I'm a forward. Your, your job's to kick goals, and Oscar did his role. And he had limited opportunities, four kicks, three goals. But to me, I just couldn't give him a vote because I think you just got to – as a forward, you need to get your hands on your ball a bit more than uh, four times. Not even after that story I just spun for no, you was. No, this, sorry. This player sorry. comes out as a soldier. I, I know. No, he, he, he did, I know he did I, get one vote. Like. I, I know I've kicked five goals in a game, had five kicks and got nothing. So mm. maybe it's just me being uh, uh, jealous. <laughs> uh, with the uh, Eagles, let's go on to, like you said, player of the round to, to me. Tim Kelly, 27 possessions, 6 clearances, 6 score involvements, 12 inside 50s, 4 tackles, 16 pressure acts, 549 metres gained. Um, yeah, look, that's the sixth time this year that we announced him player of the player of the round and um, uh, he's going he's to win the John Westfold medal, isn't he? Well, oh, that's it. he's got to be so far ahead. It's not funny. He's played the majority of games. I think he's only missed one, maybe two. Um, and he's just been so consistent this year. I think round one he might not have played very, very well. And after that, he's just been by far our best player. He's doing it with a lot of attention too. You know what I mean? And he didn't get the goals this game, but he's having shots. He's he's dangerous when there's congestion. He's in that forward fifty-two. You know, he's got that good snap. Um, so, yeah, I'm just so glad we got him, basically. Like, I know it's brought up a lot, but imagine if we didn't have Tim Kelly in this side this year. Oh, yeah. How poor we'll be playing. And he's the age that we need. We need these 28, 27s, even 25, 26-year-olds. You know, that's that bracket we're missing. Yes, we don't yeah. have that good junk. Yeah. So thank God he's here. And, um, <clears throat> yeah, 12 inside 50s, I think that's a, a career high for him too. Like, uh Sad we didn't ca- capitalise on enough, which you touched on earlier, that the entries weren't that great. But 12 inside 50s, it's not too shabby at all. And he's not bad for an inside mid because he's playing inside. Yeah, he used to be outside it, and, and half it, forward it, at Geelong. He's winning his own ball and, and he's given it off as well. So that's probably why his um, disposal efficiency is down. But again, I got told again today, disposal efficiency, it's only really measured over 40 metres. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's got to be an effective kick. So, um, you know... If you're going to get the ball that much, I don't care, you know. And from what I heard, players don't really look at their disposal efficiency. Um, if you listen to a couple of different podcasts, that's one of the least things they look, they look yeah. at. Yeah, I, I, I very much am into it. Um, but you can tell a bit by eye too if they're turning it yeah, over. Yeah, that's it. Because I've said 100 it's one of my sticklers. Bad kicking is bad footy. Yeah. And I think it's... Because I liked back in the day, 2018 game style, we held on to it too long. But that was what it was built on, possess the ball, go back, just don't give them the ball. And it was about, yeah, it was about great disposal efficiency. But the actual stat I still look at because it's the best indicator we have, but there is a lot more rules than did that player mark it or not. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's there's more criteria to that stat than what you may think. It's quite complicated, but I do love it because I'm very much disposal efficiency. Uh, bad kicking is bad footy, but as you said, like it's not the same rules for every player. If he's an inside under contested ball winner, he's under pressure. He's going to yeah, cough gonna, it up more. Yeah. An outside winner that's running by himself, or Daniel Rioli, for example, who's playing off half back. So essentially, the forward's not going to man him up because he wants to be alone in case we get the ball. He's going to have great disposal issues because he's got time and no pressure on yeah, him. That's it. Um, Domi Sheed, 28 and five clearances. Um, you know, He's doing his job. His defensive side, he needs to clean up. But once he's forward of the ball, he's, he's kicking forward of the ball. is brilliant. Uh, I just wish he did it more backward of the ball as well. Uh, Andrew Gaff, all, all week, um, look, he was, he was bagged by a lot of people. Even I said the club needed to make a stance and drop him and send him the wrong message. He ended up being the sub and... Within seven minutes of the game, he's he's warming up on the side of the ground because the boy, as we call him, Jimby, uh, done his hammy. And for him to come in, he had six possessions uh, the week before against Brisbane. He ended up with 24 disposals and five tackles. Now, Gabby's never usually been a big tackler. But mm. being at the ground, one thing I, I noticed, he didn't go sideways. Um, he looked forward and... That's probably the rev up he needed. And from what I hear, he's one of the hardest critics on himself. And it was good to see him back in – well, that's what – that's the gaff of old that we saw because he was the link-up. He, he actually linked up for a reason. Yeah, he played inside too, but he did well. He, yep. The word I want to say for that game is intent. He came out in a tent, so that sub, it worked. People are like, I'll just drop him. But being sub is a demotion. Oh yeah, like it's, that, it's, it's massive, and it's almost like what he needs, especially and for him. It's not great. Jimby got injured, but in hindsight, maybe it was great that he came on because he came on straight away, so he could have an impact. You could measure his impact, and he had a great game. Like it was, you got to give credit when credit is due. That was a brilliant game, and he came out with intent, and um, you loved it. And someone that might not get mentioned much either, and I find it's a prime example of our year. And I want to talk about it a bit. I loved Cole's game. He's an underrated player. Not many people really talk. He's not a player we talk about, is he? He's not a flamboyant player. No, but this is a player missing. And this is where the injury list hurts. So you, you look at it and people straight away go, oh, well, Yo's out, you know, Shuey's out, a Nick Nat's out. You pick the stars. But they don't realise how impactful the depth players can be. Or not even the depth players, the, the, the middle tier of your best 22. So they're not depth, they're in your 22 yeah. every week. But they say the bottom 10 of your list. They have an impact. When they're not there, you're going to leak goals, you're going to get smashed. So it's not just you get, like your star players. And I thought Coley coming back, only his second game back, he was sub last week. I was amazed. Him and Hoff together in that back line made me smile. Reminded me a bit of Shep back in the day, you know what I mean, where we were. So you had Shep and Duggan and Hearn in their prime, and they just dominated, you know what I mean. Um, and I, I felt that's what happened this game. And as I said, you can't undersell an impact a player like Cole has because he's very good defensively as well. Yeah, he's a lockdown small. And he, he's brave, mate. Remember, he I think it was Roffin collected him and he had to get like 50 stitches in his head or something. It was brutal. And he's kind of smiling because he just throws himself at the contest. He has no fear. He, he's not as skilled as a Bo Waters, but he has the heart of Bo Waters. Um, so players like that, when they're missing, 
your team has a big hole to fill, even though you don't really recognise at the time that they're the type of players you are missing. And that's and it's exactly our year. You know, it's like, oh, we've got a Hearn back, a Shuey, a big name back. But there's still those players underneath that you don't usually rate that aren't there and has a massive impact on that squad. Well, Hoffy, you, you just mentioned Hoffy. He was in that. Um, and who else was there? Uh, Wiverton. I think, you know, just down back. Wiverton's kicking now is coming to the <laughs> forefront. Yeah. He's, he's actually getting his game together. And I, I, I thought some of the stuff, he takes the game on as well. Yep. He breaks the lines. And because we haven't got a Jermaine Jones there to break lines, Duggan was breaking lines, but it probably wasn't his best game. No. Um, I just thought Wiverton stood up. Um, Hoffy, you know, man, what a pick. Yeah, and late 30s. No, well, late pickers, and he was in the 30s, was. yeah. Um, and I didn't know who he was when we picked him. And what a find. But um, to about Wiverton, he's having quietly another great year, Wiverton. Like, is three years on our list now, or is it two? Yeah, three. Yeah, and it's by far his best year because people questioned if he should be on the list, and now it's like, <sighs> no, nah, you need a player like that on your list because Hearn's not going to be there long for long, much longer. This might be his last season. You need to f- have that uh, the kicker, basically, the guy you look for in defence to take yep. that shot. And he's going to – when he messes up, it's going to be bad because he takes that kick on, but – you're rewarded more than you're not. You know what I mean? So you want him to be dangerous. You want him to take that kick. Um, another Milan player, doesn't matter what he does and what he doesn't do, someone's always going to take a pot shot at him. But not many players in their football career kick 500 goals. Mm. And at one stage, Eagles were looking to get it to him at all times. Probably cost us a few goals in, in doing so. But once he got it, I'm glad he got it. One of the commentators said it's like he was – a batsman stuck on 99, mate, yeah. and he can't find that final run. And he's been like two or three games trying to get that um, 500. And, you know, for a player that he went and picked 26 in the draft, he should have gone higher, but he had an indiscretion with the cops. Uh, Eagles are licking the lips. They picked him up. And, you know, um, somebody said he was playing second fiddle to one of the greatest goal kickers the Eagles have ever seen mm. and the competition's ever seen, and he's kicked 500. So good on you, Jack Darlin, mate. Yeah. Uh, well, well done. And you got an All-Australian nod playing as a second fiddle, which is quite rare. That usually doesn't happen. Um, now the third leading goal kicker, I hope he overtakes so Mitch. Like, oh, he's only 14 off, I think, but I hope he – But if you, you – I actually had him second. So that was my votes. It was uh, Kelly, Darling, and then Alan. Now, I might mess these up because I don't have the stats in front of me. I think he kicked 1-3. I think he had, what, seven marks, and he had 16 disposals. I hope you've got it there so you can correct me because, you know, I love my stats, but they've got to be right. And to me, it, was, it wasn't just that. It was um, – he was bringing the ball down – to ground. He was contesting. He wasn't getting marked against, you know what I mean? Because when he was out of form, he wasn't bringing the ball down. The opposition player were running off him and that. But he was attacking. He was crashing packs, bringing the ball to ground. It was just a great game for Dar. I reckon that was his best game of the year. And in a game where it was um, very consistent across the field, everyone played their role. It was hard to give the votes... Yep. Three. And so I'm curious, who did you give your three to? So Kelly would be top. I had Kelly, then I had um, Wiverton. Wiverton, and yeah. And then I had Gaff. Gaff, great Gaff. Like, well, I know so, we talked about it, but. And actually, I could such probably a great put Gaff in front of Wiverton. Yeah. So, um, you know, like you said, it was across the board, and I had Darling fourth, yeah. I had Sheed fifth. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I did have Oscar in my top seven, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're, we're so apart on that. Sorry, Mel. Said, like, it's very, um, uh, yeah, I just, I, I love goals. and Footy's uh, an objective game. Yeah, as well. but Ke- it reminds me of Kennedy as well. He didn't get much of the ball, but he just converted. Yeah. And if we get half a good as player in Allen, which I think we have as oh, Kennedy, yeah. we're laughing. Oh, yeah, we're laughing. Um, and this is a question. Did we go I in? love it. Did we go in one tour too many? We had Jack Williams, Ryan Marrick. Uh, Jack Darling, Oscar Allen, and Bailey Williams. Did we go in one too tall? I know Jack Williams is there, and As not, Jack Williams is the pinch ruck. He was pinch Williams. ruck, and he bought the ball to ground, and he gave yeah. up the handballs, yeah. gave off two goals. Um, but did we go in one too many? Maybe because Petch was out, and Marrick came in for yeah. it. So maybe that was it. But Merrick, you know, he he's playing. Yeah, he's playing. Or as I said, it was quite. I found up. this game. There wasn't too many players that didn't play well. They, some didn't have great games. Where a lot of our games, it's been all these players starred at the bottom of the side, let us down a bit. You know what I mean? But I found that didn't happen this game. The young players looked a bit tired this game. That's going to happen. They're going to be. Like, they're going to have games where they look great. They're going to look games where they look tired. I don't think any of the young guns starred. I think I talked about Chester. I can't remember. We talked so much off air. But I loved – he didn't have the greatest game. He did a few things that were nice, but how he ran back into the pack. And I can't remember if we did talk about on air or off air. But it showed so much coach. He looked – yeah, oh, well, the great. I'm glad I'm not repeating myself there. But he ran. He saw that Richard Pye. He knew he was going to get collected in that marking contest. And he still ran into it front on. That shows gut. That alone was the one thing I saw in a player, and I thought, "Yeah, I reckon you could make it." That that's ball, that's ballsy, mate. And she like does, she does him a for a bad pass. Oh, there's no, there was a couple of those, wasn't there? <laughs> like he was on the run, and like give it to Chester because he's quick. As soon as he got, he got drilled by two plays instantly. Like, um, yeah. Well, look, you know, you said the younger players, you know, they were a bit quiet. He was a bit quiet. Um, and you know, Chester. Oh, I thought he had a crack. So these guys. The only guy that probably, probably might be thinking he might be in trouble is SPS because he didn't have a great game. Yeah. So um, we'll see what happens. But let's talk about the waffle because we. This first time we've we'll have a quick talk about the waffle. Um, that they played West Perth. Uh, Ten goals, sixteen seventy six to uh, Eagles. Seven goals, six. And that's despite West Perth kicking the first seven goals in the first quarter. So after quarter time, the Eagles basically were in the match and probably the better team. And you saw all four quarters. I only saw a few uh, glimpses in each of the quarters. Um, But I know you want to talk about one of your favourite players. Um, So go for it, mate. Yeah, it was a funny game because... If you watch the first quarter, you could be forgiven thinking, oh, here we go, another 100-point loss. But then we end up winning the second quarter, we won the third quarter, and we won the fourth quarter. And by far the best player on the ground, it was it was O'Neill. He had 32 disposals, six marks, seven tackles. He had a shot on goal, sadly he didn't convert. And it makes me wonder, where is this player at, was it? Where is he at? Like, can he bring that form? Because that's the problem. We always talk about True and O'Neill, but whenever O'Neill goes back, he usually is the best performer at waffle level. And you see sometimes they can't transition that to AFL. And I hope that's not stereotyping him. I hope he can do that. Oh, is it a coaching thing? Are we putting him half forward? Are we making him a tagger? Should we just try? We've got nothing to lose this year. Should we just put him in the midfield like we have Hewitt and say, look, 
go for it because that game was brilliant. He's running. He was back. He was forward. As I said, he had a shot on goal. He missed. Had a few clearances. He tackled. 32 disposals. That's a lot of the ball. You know, he almost got lever poisoning. He seemed to be everywhere at certain stages. And, um, yeah, so it just – and I still put him on the list of, like, where's this player at? Is he, is he at risk of being dropped? Is he going to be held? Because he needs to bring that form there. And it does make you wonder, is it him or is it how he's been played? Because we've got to – and Greg Clark was obviously on limited minutes, but he's another one. He had 23 disposals, five marks, five tackles. Is he another one if you could just let loose in the midfield? Just let him loose in there. Don't play him wing. Before he got injured, he was bloody playing pocket. He was up in the forward 50. You know what I mean? And that's not what he is. But we'll quickly go through it. Um, your boy True, 28 disposals, four marks, three tackles. Was very good, but he was very much in and under. You might not have noticed him getting so much of the ball. and have You would have noticed he had such a good game because he handballed a lot. I think 18 or something. He's seventeen handballed. with handball. That's what I mean. He got it out, you know, yeah. and that's where, you know, O'Neill and these players excelled yeah. because they could go more on the outside. Another one of your boys, Winder, 27 disposals, seven marks, two tackles. Foley... Played quite well in defence. 24 disposals, 4 marks, 4 tackles. Clark, we just mentioned. Bazo, 21 disposals, 4 marks, 2 tackles. He may have let a couple of goals go because he was the full defender. Kaitel, I think, kicked a couple, wasn't very accurate. But he had a little bit of that attacking Gov and Barras flair about him. And being a kid, it was... it's still what you wanted to see, you yeah. know what I mean? So he's yeah. got to get bigger and work on his defence game. But those stats show that he's attacking the ball and he's an aggressive defender, and that's how the game's played now, sadly. Or oh, not sadly, I like it. Wayne probably <laughs> sit at home spewing because, he, he, you know, as he yeah, says, man. I agree with him, yeah, but the defender's job's to defend. Luke Edwards, 20 disposal, three marks for tackles. Now, that's an okay game, and I'm not attacking the kid, but that's a level playing field for all these midfielders. We've just mentioned – we'll just stick to just True and O'Neill. So I don't know why – and we've mentioned past why Luke Edwards was always the walk-up start player. When when they're on a level playing field, these other players are – yeah, he's performing got, got better. And I'm not like I'm not having a go at the kid. I'm just saying you can manipulate stats, but at the end of the day, they they don't yeah. lie. They're there on paper. You know, they happened. And you know, he had twelve disposals less than O'Neill, yeah. eight less than True. So it's like if you're going to bring a player in, you got to go with those two and just release the shackles. So I'm Ray Baker. Good runoff halfback. I think he's missed a good goal. Uh, 70 disposals, six marks, three tackles. Jamison, 16 disposals, seven marks, three tackles, nine hitouts and one goal. He played a lot forward. And he's like Greg Clark. He was obviously on limited minutes because they literally just came straight off injuries. Barnett, now this is another one that I was really happy with this game. So he had less ball than Jamison, but he played more in the ruck, and I think he had the better game. So he had 13 disposals, but that's that's still pretty good. Six marks, 23 hitouts, and a goal, and it was a beautiful goal too. So I looked at his game, and I loved it. And Dewar had a quiet one, kicked a goal, but small forwards. He's actually quite tall, but he plays that small forward role. Oh, come on, Opportunities, man. he got the goal, four disposals, one tackle, one goal. So Come on, man. He only had four. Four kicks. Yeah, but if he got three no, goals, got, got he would have been <laughs> on top of my list, mate. Like no, that's all good. Um, like in question to your um, there about Neil when he goes up and True and everyone else that goes up. I think it is a case of um, them playing him out of position. It, it has to it be. It has to be because 
you go there and you're playing midfield in the waffle, so play him in the midfield in the AFL. And, you know, like you said, we've got nothing to lose. So No, we I, don't. And, and going into games, I'm actually a bit worried we're going to pinch one. Because with North Melbourne coming up, and I know this is arrogant and you count your chickens before they hatch, but I'm expected to win against North Melbourne. Anyone that watched Hawks North Melbourne game on the weekend we'll and actually North. watched it, I was like, we are not the worst. Like, yes, we've had the worst season. That's yeah. undisputed. We are not the worst side. Even Hawks who dominate them, they're not good. They're sloppy. They play a bit selfishly as well. Their skills, and I know our skills weren't going well. It just, their game, so I just, I didn't like it. I was like, what a, like a bit of a putrid game. And uh, God bless Damien. Uh, it wasn't Barrett. I forgot who it was. was. They were trying to sell the game. Like, this is a really good game. It was not a really good game. And both teams were so poor. I was like, uh, yeah, I think we're going to win that game. And I'm now worried if we pinch another win and beat North, we don't get the number one pick anymore. No, if we beat North, yeah. we're still bottom. Cause our but percentage, percentage. But if we pinch another win. Yeah, but yeah, that's the problem. And I can't see North winning one because that was their opportunity. They got yeah. smashed by 40 points. The only other game I can see is possibly winning. Freo. It's the Fremantle one. I love that spirit. And... It's not because I think we should win it. They might throw it just to piss us up the wall. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, look, at the end of the day, you know, if we end up with number two pick, I don't give a shit because we just go for Sanders. Oh, mate. Oh. Yeah. You, I, see, he said that because he knows he's one of my favourites and <laughs> that's why in this podcast I was so split the picks. Yep. And that's the thing that worries me is I would split the picks in a heartbeat if I had control on who we pick. Yeah, well, that's it. But I don't – I would pick McKercher and Sanders in a heartbeat. I like Sanders more than McKercher, but McKercher's rated higher. Yep. And then you got Curtin as well. And when it was uh, – I think at one stage – Trading with Gold Coast, we would have ended up with four, five, six picks. They were the four picks. I was like, great, you could get Curtin, you could get McCurchin, you can get Sanders. Um, but to be honest, that's kind of my thinking too because, as I said, I'm worried about winning a game and I'm like, well, we'll just get McCurchin and Sanders. But what if they use pick two on Curtin? And I love Curtin, but he's a defender. They won't. We they need won't. midfielders. They won't. He's, he's around five, six. Yeah, they won't. Um, but I've loved my – I've watched so much of the under-18s because I know we got a good pick. And – like medalist Sanders was, Tasmanian boy, so yeah. is McKercher, so it would be great to get both. Reed was not the best performer in this carnival. Everyone no. loves Reed because of the hype on him, and he has potential because he's a big boy, great mark, he can go forward as well. Reed, I'm not underselling, but he was not, not even close. I think Sanders averaged, this is his average, 35.5 disposals a game and a goal a game. And he didn't play for; he was a sole midfielder. But That's his averages. Dacos wasn't in the carnival either, and nor was um, mm. he was the lad that went last year. Ashcroft they they didn't win the Lark medal either. Yeah. So who won the Lark medal last? I can't year? remember. It was you sure it was an Ashcroft? He I had a good carnival. But I've watched it so much more with intent this year. Yeah. <laughs> We've got the number one pick. But yeah, there's a long way to go yet. Um, I reckon we could steal a win here or there. Um, thanks for joining in, guys. We're back in the studio this time, so hopefully it sounds a little bit better and we've had a bit more info going. Um, next, we, we're going to go on and play Carlton. So last time we played them was a 108-point loss. So if we can take the intent and the effort that we showed against Richmond over there, you know, it's probably going to be a loss, but it probably won't be as big a loss. So thanks for coming in, Dan, and until um, next week, go Eagles. Go Eagles. A fortress built We crossed the nation Our car
share the West Coast sky. I will to win, we'll never 